Vegas Fever Podcast. Jason and Paula here with you after a brief hiatus of five weeks. I, I, it's, I'm sure people who do podcasts do longer breaks, but it was a brief five-week uh, pause. We have a lot going on. It's holiday time, new job time for me, lots going on with the kids. It's, it's just uh, crazy and hectic. Happy holidays because... We definitely won't do a podcast before probably <laughs> New probably right, after the New Year, probably you know uh, Easter at this point. Um, but happy holidays to everybody, um, whatever holiday you celebrate. Hope you enjoy it, and we're gonna get kind of right into it because this afternoon or, or morning uh, in Vegas time is when the game started. It started at eleven a.m. Vegas time. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights defeated the New York Islanders four three. It was four three in a shootout. I wasn't yeah, I know. I, I mean, because they they've had two shootouts back to back with the Rangers and the Islanders, and they won them both. Um, four to three was the final score at the Islanders' new digs on the island, and they <laughs> haven't really been doing well. The Islanders lost their first seven games. They've won. Well, actually, well, yes, they lost their first seven, one two, and then lost again. So their record at their new barn, that's what everybody calls arenas, hockey arenas, barns, uh, apparently. I'm not really sure. Uh, I think that's an old, old school term, dating back a long ways. Um, but they just haven't been very good. So that would be a two and eight record, I guess, at their home. Now, their first few, first few weeks of the season, they were not at home because they were finishing up the place. So... After the Islanders defeated the Knights some weeks back in Vegas, now their meetings against, you know, the Islanders are done. The Rangers will come to T-Mobile Arena in a couple weeks. It was kind of weird. Two nights before Vegas played the Rangers at Madison Square Garden, the Rangers were in Arizona. So it's kind of weird how they didn't maneuver that, but I guess for scheduling purposes, because the Knights went to the East Coast, it was really hard to get that done. Wanted to kind of go through the game with you because you didn't get a chance to watch. No. It was probably one of the better games of the season. Um, mm -hmm. Like in terms of it had everything in it. It wasn't a great game played by the Golden Knights. They did have a two to one lead. Um, about six minutes left in the game. The Islanders scored on a goal that Robin Leonard's probably going to want back for the rest of his life. It was some, I mean, it was a turnover. And it was a turnover probably around the Vegas blue line. I mean, what else is what else is new? I mean, and it was some probably Leonard should have had it. And he was pissed, and you could see he was pissed because he really wants to win this game um, after spending a year with the Islanders and everything that the organization has, you know, and the fans in, you know, in that area have done for his mental health and his career, a revitalization, he's called it. So now the game's tied at two. Probably like a minute later, if that, the Islanders appear to go up 3-2. Pete DeBoer challenges an offside, and he wins. So the goal's taken away. So That's it's still 2-2. Two two. Right. He's, he's, he's come up big. So you have to make sure, you have to absolutely make sure that you're going to win that because you're going to put yourself in the penalty box if you don't. Right. It's not like it used to be. And that's two times in a row where Pete DeBoer has been on it, and he's... I will tell you that man has guts and nuts. He 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 has a set of cojones on him because it wasn't clear because the player that was offside was blocked by another player. 
in the angles they showed. So it could have been non-conclusive, but it was just enough, you know, for the boardroom in Toronto to overturn it. They overturn it, and then less than a minute later, the Islanders score anyway. <laughs> oh, God. So they go up three to two. <laughs> that Vegas, must have been a gut Vegas pulls Leonard, and I can't imagine how Leonard feels going off the ice. No, no, like for a sixth attacker. Oh, okay. They pull, <laughs> because at this point, there's only a couple minutes left. So with right. like a minute and 20 or something like that, a minute and change, they pull Leonard. And God, I hate to feel what he was feeling going off the ice. Like, man, I, I, I just, I totally messed this game up, right? Shea Theodore scores to tie the game with the goaltender pulled and the Knights mm -hmm. on a 6-5 to five advantage. Then they go to overtime, which is always pins and needles. Nothing happens again in overtime, and then the Golden Knights win it. As you call it... Uh... Shart time. Yeah, I call that <laughs> diarrhea mode, because it's he the worst... His butthole, so. It's the worst... It, it, it... Playoffs in hockey are great, but overtime in the regular season... Is like playoffs in the NHL. It's just edge of your seat. Anything can happen. That it's the three on three. If it was four on four, it wouldn't be like this. But because there's so much open ice and the game is played so differently, where guys are okay with taking the puck out of their zone and just skating it around until they're comfortable, and any two on one break could really just kill it for you mm -hmm. when otherwise it wouldn't. You know, and the guys are exhausted and gassed as it is because it's overtime. I mean, you've already played sixty five minutes of hockey, so. They end up winning the game. Um, they were able to score two goals in the shootout. I was going to say, it had to go to a shootout. It had to go to a shootout, and Vegas scored two out of, you know, they scored in round two and round three, um, and that was it because the Islanders didn't score. And Robin Leonard wins wins that return game, you know, to the island, which he has a tattoo of Long Island on his neck, and he was honored. Well, he didn't really win it. With a tribute. The team won it. Yeah, but it was but he's the winning goalie. I mean, it's big. I mean, the guys come over when you win, and they all come over, and they say, we got this one for you. We knew this was big. We took care of it. It's a camaraderie thing. It's a, right. you know, it's a pat you on the butt thing. It just is what it is. And, you know, he only spent a year there, but it revitalized him mental health-wise in his career. And I think it's a big deal. For the team, they go 4-0 on the road trip. They beat Boston, New Jersey, the Rangers, and the Islanders. They are now 20-13 and 13 and in first place, tied for first place after everything that happened. They started 1-4. and four, And since then, what are they? 19-9 and nine is what that would make that. And they don't have any overtime losses. I believe they might be the only team in the league. I think Arizona didn't have any overtime losses either, but that might be done. Vegas might be the only team in the league with no overtime losses. And that's just, that's boosting your points. Because if you lose an overtime, you only get one. Right. But if you win, you get two. So mathematically, duh. You know what I mean? They have they are points-wise tied for the league lead, or I believe the league lead, or maybe the tied for the West lead with 40 and they will take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, two-time defending Stanley Cup champion yep. at T-Mobile Arena on Tuesday night. Uh, I believe it's 7.30 Vegas is that time. Is the last game before Christmas? I think that's the last game. Is that the 23rd? 22nd, 23rd. I think they have two games before. Wow. That might be their last game. No, there's a game Tuesday and Thursday, I believe. And then they're off for Christmas break for four days. Yeah, Tuesday's the 21st, actually. Right. And Thursday's the 23rd. Right. So they've got games coming up a couple before Christmas break, um, which is standard four days. So that's what you get now. Um, we haven't talked in a lot of, you know, we haven't been able to talk because we haven't had a podcast, but uh, the Golden Knights 
have gotten a lot of people back. Um, they are just about at 100%. So Mark Stone did not play in this game. So Mark Stone... Is he hurt again? No, he was fine. He was fine. After the... He played it, you know, last night against the Rangers. And I guess maybe he might have woken up and something was stiff. Now, he had that back issue that kept him out for like 15, 16 games. And he might have just been stiff. Look, it's it's chilly up there in the Northeast. You know, the back's mm -hmm. nothing to mess with, right? So let's just be precautious about the whole thing. Pete DeBoer was asked about the timeline and... He says it's not going to be like it was um, when he was out for 16 games. I think that this is just maybe one game, maybe two, not long. And then with the break coming up, I think they'll be okay. So you didn't have Stone in this game, but they've had everybody come back. They've had Pacioretty come back yeah, and Stone Pacioretty come back and, amazing, and Carlson so. come back. So the guys that they are not without, I mean, Alec Martinez hasn't played in, in over a month after taking the skate to the face. Nolan Patrick hasn't played since like Is there any one. update on him? Patrick? Or Martinez. Martinez. Martinez hasn't skated. I know that, but has anyone said how he it's is? It's just, when asked about it, Pete DeBorger says it's not progressing like he wants to, like they want to. Like, they're not giving away a whole lot of hints, but it's it's obviously a concussion, probably deep face laceration, probably, like, big, major stuff. All I can think of that's going to keep somebody out of a game that long is because... There's a severe issue, and I think that what we have here is something... Well, I hope there's not a severe issue. He took a skate to the face. I mean, that's... Look, I mean, that happens, but guys usually just throw a couple stitches on and get back out there in a, in a, in a couple days. I Did mean, it slice his eye? It, no, I don't. it was right under his eye. It wasn't his eye. I mean, or else I don't think he'd ever freaking play hockey again, but... It's obviously something, something not you know, good. Not good there. So you have Alec Martinez, Nolan Patrick, who we haven't seen since week one, like I said, and then also Jack Eichel. Is he, those are the three who are not playing. If there's conversation when Jack Eichel comes back, where do you put him? Um, obviously, Jack Eichel is a first line guy. He has been his whole career. But <laughs> do you? But Chandler Stevenson is basically saying no, sir. Chandler Stevenson is like, forget you. You are not going on the first line. I am the first line center, which makes it really strange because can you now that line has gotten a name of the money line. I don't know if you like that. So like the Carlson line is the misfits, the Pacioretty Stone Stevenson the, line where is, the money most money is going. Well, into. also because they're money when they're on the ice. So ah. also another name thrown out there was MCM grand because you got. Max Chandler Mark MCM really instead lame. of MGM. I don't like that at Look, all. Look, anyway. It, was that yours? No. Okay. Not mine. I'm not that brilliant. Okay, so the money line. You got those guys set, right? You got the you got the misfits. Mar Marshall Carlson Smith. Where do you Jack Eichel's not going on the third line? I'm sorry, he's not. That that's for that kind of money, no. Right. So what do you do? I mean, but that I mean, but the third line has even been really good at, in, in itself. I mean, if you have you have Dadnov and you have Waugh on that line, and I've been good. I'm impressed with Evgeny Dadnov. I'm very impressed. With, I think he's really because you didn't like him. And I don't like the and, way that his then... name is pronounced or not pronounced, and I don't think that they should have spent. He's in that five to six million dollar cap hit range ish ish where like Riley Smith is and also like Alec Martinez is and it's funny because those names come up as to who are the Knights going to get rid of come Jack Eichel time because they are over the limit in cap what else is freaking new they're over and they're also going to be up against it in just about every freaking way possible so who goes 
right? But we can talk about that until you're blue in the face. I've been impressed with Dadnov. I've been impressed with Wah. I think the whole team as a whole is very impressive. This team at this point has been way more impressive than I thought that they were going to be. And they got off to a really crappy start, but they've been really impressive uh, up to this point. COVID protocols have tightened up in the NHL, just like across sports in general because of this new and the world because of the new variant. variant. So through Christmas break, the border for the NHL, Canada and the United States, not the border for the, you know, for life, but the border, (laughs) right. But the border for the NHL is closed. So Canadian teams and American teams cannot play each other. This not does, this does not affect the Golden Knights. Because they already play their Canadian. There are more to play, but not right now. Okay. So, so there have been like, well, I mean, five, six teams at least have been implicated in terms of, I mean, look, some teams have a lot of players, uh, you know, in, in, you say 25, I think that was was NFL, but there is one team that has like double, I I mean, I'm pretty sure that there are multiple teams with nearly or double digits or higher. I mean, it's gotten rough. So the NHL has tightened up protocols. In terms of its testing, in terms of its distancing, its mass, all that stuff, right? We're not going to go here. We're not going to play there. If someone's, if teams are implicated, um, we're going to, and there's too many cases, we're going to hold them out. I mean, so a lot of people think that they're going to pause the season again. And I really don't think that that's a good idea because I feel like if you have everybody except for like one or two players they're in the league is pa- vaccinated it, it, what's the point it's the, they're not going to pause the the season unless every sport does it right it's going to be like a consensus type someone's got to do it first but you got to believe that everybody's communicating you know these sports higher ups are if communicating if they're going to cancel the sports are the schools going to shut down or where are we at anyway i'm not look i don't think we're at the same same point because this, it was is not new what this well no but it does it does blend because when is when if everybody is vaccinated can we just play the games because no one's going to you're not killing people well, you don't anyway what? we're not going into that right now there could be a stoppage it's it's possible the players are definitely, in my opinion, and I I'm think this will be announced. We just got an email saying that our daughter's school—you don't have to masks are now not mandatory, right, like optional, yeah. We're optional. So I'm wondering if that's going to change. And it was like that for like five days. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it really depends on the state, the but county anyway, that you live in. I, I just had a thought. Um, I feel this is my opinion, and I think that this is the, the opinion of many that the Olympics are not gonna, the goal. The NHL players are not going to go to the Olympics because if you test positive and in the Olympics and they're in Beijing, I think, um, if you test positive, you have to quarantine for three to five weeks. That like F's the whole season. That like messes everything up. And these guys are not going to do that. So I think that you're going to see a pullout of NHL players. You're probably not. I mean, I'd be surprised if the darn thing goes off at all, but that means that these guys are not going to be able to play for a month because these arenas are not available. They've well, made, practice. they've booked, you know, events. So they will practice, but I think that you're going to hear about that uh, coming up uh, in the next few weeks. Golden Knights are doing way better than they were and way better than I thought that they would. Uh, they have reclaimed uh, their their spot tied. At this point, at the top of the Pacific, so where they belong. Two games before Christmas. Two games before Christmas. 
another couple games after that before the new year. And then, um, you know, you got a whole January slate before the stoppage in February for the Olympics or not. Uh, the season will go until May this year, I believe. And the Stanley Cup will be in July. And that is because of the Olympics. Everything was moved back one month. Do you have anything else, Golden Knights? Are you thinking about talking about? I'm just trying to think, make sure we got everything. It's been a long time. Yeah, and we're not going to go over every game we've missed, obviously. No, no, obviously I mean... there's been too, too damn many. Um, but I do like uh, the way this team is playing. Marc-Andre Fleury got his 500th victory. That is something just to note because... Congratulations, Sim. He deserves it. And, you know, it would have been cool to, to see it with Vegas as a Vegas yes. fan. Yes. Um... But we could still congratulate him and cheer him on, even though he is not on the Vegas team anymore. Absolutely. Um, so that's good for him. He's he's only the third goaltender in history to ever and get one of 500 quickest, wins and the quickest. Oh, the quickest. 901 games it took to him. reach five. That's the quickest. Maybe because he had to play most of the Golden Knights season on his own back because the Subban wasn't worth the shit. But any who's Malcolm Subban made an amazing oh God, save last yes. night. An amazing save. And, and may I say why? that Malcolm Subban is Hall of Fame worthy in the shootout. Trending and is overtime. because it's so shocking. Now let me ask you this. Do you want to get into this? No, I don't. Okay, we can we can have a whole No. Uh the VP uh the the VFP hates uh Subi. Oh. VFP hates Subi. Uh, I don't podcast. hate him. I just don't think he's a good hockey player. I'm sure he's a great person. Moving on. Yeah, exactly. Moving on. Uh, if anything else, Golden Knights comes up, we'll just kind of review that here in the show if we can figure out anything else to talk about. I think we should talk about UNLV uh, basketball here for a little bit. So, Runner Rebels at this point are 7-5. and five. They've won three games in a row. Those three games are against teams that absolutely suck. Let's just be honest. Still the, the games, wins. The games that they lost... There is kind of, well, one game I was kind of shocked about. They lost against the University of San Francisco, but that team at the time was undefeated. It's not that they played anybody, but they were undefeated and they went to their place and, and you know, uh, up in the Pacific Northwest and they lost. Well, the Bay Area, I should say. Sorry. So UNLV has lost against, um, they lost against Michigan, which was a closer game. Michigan is a great team. Well, not anymore. They've They've kind of, they've kind of pooped and, you know, themselves. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're out of, they like... Like crap their pants big time and like are like out of the top twenty five. But at the time, Michigan was ranked number four. UNLV loses to them. The game is closer than, in my opinion, you know, a lot of people are going to give it credit for. I thought they played well for 35, 30, 30 minutes. You know, you know, two thirds of the game. I thought they played really well. Um, then they lost the next night to Wichita State, um, which they lost by a point. It was a very very questionable call by a referee to Keshawn Gilbert, whether or not he committed a foul. My opinion is if you're that close, you're probably going to get called, although maybe they should swallow the whistle, the referees, whatever. UNLV loses a heartbreaker there. Then they play, you know, their next loss. We're only talking about the losses at this point because there was a game in between. UNLV played UCLA at the Thomas and Mack and got their ass kicked. UCLA was ranked second at the time, um, which they're not ranked second now. So they also lost to SMU. Um down there in uh, Dallas, Texas, I believe, is where SMU plays. So there's your losses right there. Michigan, Wichita State, SMU, uh, San Francisco. Um, not really shocking. Um, oh, and then also, let's see, who am I missing? They have five losses. They lost to Michigan, Wichita State, 
UCLA, SMU, and San Francisco. That's their five losses. Uh, UNLV could probably go into the season because they have a game coming up on Wednesday against, you know, some other some other cake, cupcake, you know, um, which they could lose. But eight and five, let's say they're eight and five. That's about like I was thinking eight and five, nine and four. I think I said nine and four because I really thought that UNLV would beat San Francisco at the time. But eight and five going into conference play, New Year's Day against San Diego State, who has always traditionally been a power and a thorn in UNLV's side, even though UNLV's beaten them. Uh, the last few years. We've been at a couple games, right? San Diego against UNLV. Yeah, the last game we went to, I remember this This was right after Dave Rice was fired and Todd Simon was the head coach and Ben Carter tore his ACL in that game. I remember that. Like it was yesterday. Um, they lost that game. They It was a great, great crowd. San Diego State brought their people. I don't And they're really loud as hell and UNLV people were just getting on them. UNLV played really good. Lost. Todd Simon had just taken over. We bought the tickets when... Todd Simon was not head coach, obviously. That's happened twice now to us, uh, sports-wise. But Wait, what do you mean? We bought tickets to go see the Golden Knights, and Gerard Gallant got fired <gasps> two weeks before yeah, we went to go see them. Yeah, and then on top so of that. So that happened twice. On top of that, not only did I not get to see Gallant standing there with the knife. Flurry, too. Flurry had a penalized game for dealing with his sick father or funeral his dad passed away right and they penalized and he, him because he didn't go to the all-star game they suspended him and he picked that game that game so not so, only that i see stupid sue bad which was the end of january 2020 in in raleigh against the hurricanes i was um, not he didn't even want to break the news to me because first i was devastated over gallant and then it was a double whammy and it was and, right within a few days of one another too it was either that last game against Carolina or the first game after the break against Boston, and he chose that one. Um, but, yeah, so that's happened to us twice. So that's the last time, and I believe that was like 2015 or 2016. I don't know. Um, when, when was the last time we saw San Diego State? But they're traditionally a thorn in UNLV's side. UNLV's beaten them a few times recently. Um, that's when everything's going to really start up for UNLV conference play on New Year's Day. And I really, I mean, look, this what I'm this what, I mean, math, right? Here we go. UNLV would be eight and five if they win half their conference games, because there's 18 of them. If they go nine and nine, there's 17 wins. I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I think they're perfectly capable of winning half. Even if they win eight, they're at 16. How do you think um, the coach is doing? I think Kevin Kruger's doing well. Uh, I think he knows what he has in this team. Whenever they, at this point, whenever they play anybody really, really good, they're going to lose. That's the truth. UNLV will beat the people they should, but, but they're not going to beat How the do you people. Think his coaching style? I, I mean, he's really, really good in holding players accountable. He's really, really he's a he's a coach he's a players coach. He likes the guys he has. I think he's going to work out really, really well at UNLV. I think that the guys are buying in. It's just year one. It's just year one. Yeah. Kevin has a lot of things that his dad has. He just doesn't have the experience. But guess what? You have to start somewhere. And this is where he's starting. And I think that he could stay at UNLV a long, long time and be extremely successful because he has the pedigree. He has the voice. He has the experience of being around. And I think that he's really good for UNLV. So I think... <laughs> you know, roundabout ways, you know, Kevin is going to be really, really good for the program. De you know, 
he just wants to talk about T.J. Otzelberger, and yes. we've been going back and forth that I don't okay. want to talk about okay. him. We're talking about T.J. Otzelberger. The reason why we're talking about this man is because, okay, so he didn't have any passion in Las Vegas, obviously, duh, right? He wanted to go to Iowa State. Fine. He goes to Iowa State. Iowa State's 10-0. and 0. Now, uh, some of their games have been against, like, you know, nobodies. But Iowa State is 10-0, and 0, and they're ranked 11th in the country. Now... Starting January first, their schedule happened. is going well. Of course, it's conference. It's it's about your they heart being there. Of course, not the players. Right. He had a lot of people leave that team. He had to build. Okay, so he did have a first a good first year in in Las Vegas. But once the once the job came open in January, he was done because his mind was there. Anyway, he had to rebuild this team in Ames, Iowa. Okay, he did. He got some transfers. Some people left. Why he was are we a, talking because about it? get to the point. He's ten and zero, and has his team ranked eleventh. So, he was UNLV's coach last year. So, I think so. I I think some people are feeling a little. Uh, I've read a little bit on Twitter, a little bit of social media that, hey, look at what TJ's doing. Ten and zero, ranked eleventh. Now the team will definitely have, step up in competition starting January first in their own conference. It would not have translated had it been UNLV. Well, we'll never know. No. I was also I was also calling for somebody else because I knew his mind was elsewhere. I didn't think he'd get off to this kind of start. No, I mean he, there's a couple more non-conference games for Iowa State, so they could possibly be twelve and zero, which they probably will be. But seven or eight of those games are garbage competition. A win is a win. That's true. Which kind of goes against what you're, you know, the fact that you're trying to make, you know, what? the point you're trying to make. What's what? Well, because you're saying that. Well, it wouldn't have mattered because he didn't want to be here. No, I'm saying you should general, still go out and win games, right? He's not in control of the game. Mm. The players are the ones playing the game. Game plan. He takes the fall. Anyway, I couldn't wait to talk about this Osborne yes. thing because it's a hot topic. Because I am you look just over so there and you're like, oh man. You look over there and this guy's what? What's his record? Got his team ranked what now? Oh no, right? He was in Vegas a year ago. And everything that comes up must come down. It's it's absolutely I think, close. I, I compare TJ Altsberger to you know to someone who has uh, performance issues in the bedroom, and I'm just going to go there because I don't really give a shit. I compare oh, TJ. So scandalous. No, I compare TJ Altsberger to someone with you know like like uh, erectile dysfunction. Good for a little bit, not good in the long term, because. I think once they get into conference play, I think they're going to get their ass kicked quite Look, a few I times. And I think UNLV is better off long term. A steady coach right. that wants to be here, that will build the team for longevity. I would rather see more um, um, tournament appearances rather than just one and done. Right. And I think that's what you're going to get in time. Uh, UNLV but has gotten one good recruit in for next year. You and, shouldn't be worried about other people... Not worried. Just, mm. just really because you, you were know, just chomping at the bit. Sending information because got to have topics. Got to have hot button topics, interesting topics. You down and talk a little MLS? Anyway, I think within the next few months you're gonna you're gonna hear about a Vegas expansion team coming here. You've been saying that. We know they keep the commissioner of the MLS. <laughs> the commissioner of the MLS has never come out and talked oh, about at out. the state of the league address which every league has the commissioner of the of the you know of the mls is saying yes vegas is next and there will be a decision within the next few months right and i think how about the next time we talk about it there will be a decision or 
hot news towards a decision. We will have to define what is hot news because them coming to scout another site is not hot news. No, that's the A's, which is a great segue into our last, into the last thing I want to talk about. Okay. I know that Paul likes talking about this so much, but the A's have, the Oakland A's, uh, soon to be Vegas, Vegas A's have put in a bid on a piece of land where the Tropicana Hotel sits on now. I don't believe the Tropicana Hotel has reopened. I could be wrong since COVID. They've put in a bid. It's, I think it's in the range of 30 million, I think. Could be billion. Billion sounds like too much. I think it's 30 million. That sounds like too little. But 30 billion sounds like too much. So it's somewhere in between there. <laughs> let's, let's do that. Let's, you know, with our informational news, breaking news reporting, uh, you know, as, as accurate as we are here. Um, that's where the A's, now they have a couple of backup sites, but they've been here so 50 times. So you should times. the Tropicana? Why not? Why not implode it That's in the in historic. the A's new colors in Vegas? Why don't you make it look? Look, I I'm slamming the table. That was me slamming the table because I feel that I've got a great idea, which they've probably already thought about. So you do the whole like when the Treasure Island opened, they use the battleship in Treasure Island to explode the dunes, which became Bellagio, right? That's what you do. So you basically you put on an implosion show the that i'm just saying that that implodes the, the trop and the a's are up like in lights it's a, a ow, sorry historic vegas nobody really goes there would you, would you call it a shithole i haven't been in there in 20 years i don't know maybe it's long. i can do it for you it's a shithole it's old so tear it down okay fine. put a baseball stadium there and then look what you have right Ten minutes away, you got the Raider Stadium, if that, then that, and then T-Mobile Arena, Caddy Corner. I mean, look at this. Look at this, right? That is your stadium district. Not to mention, where does MLS go? Could they go to Cashman and revitalize that whole area? Possibly. Could they go closer to the Strip? You have a huge district right there of just stadiums, okay? I mean... Okay. I feel so it's happening. We, I feel it's okay, happening. Okay, so we will talk about it next I when we know some concrete... I don't agree to that. I will talk about the MLS next when the MLS says they're coming to Vegas, okay? No. Next time, next time I talk about the A's will be the next visit they make, okay? Which is probably in about five minutes from now. Uh, they're probably on their way there, scouting out another site. They've probably got funding, okay? No more public money in Vegas? That's fine. They've got funding. Which we've covered many, right? many times. Right. Also, Howard Hughes Corporation... Who owns the Vegas, what the what the ballpark or the aviators, right? Whatever. They will give the A's free land in Summerlin. Right behind, right next to the stadium. They've got a whole bunch of land between Charleston and Sahara. Too low bunch of people. Okay. Millionaires users. and billionaires are millionaires and billionaires for a reason, because they don't give away their money. That was your Vegas that was your Vegas sports show right there. I think <laughs> I think that was fantastic. I think it was fantastic. Did we miss anything? I mean, over the last five weeks, yeah, a lot, but, you know. I think it was great. Well, People are going to be like, what? They made another show? Right. They're, yeah, like, they're, they're alive still? No. Um, we will be back after New Year's. Yes. Uh, probably after this young lady's birthday. Not going to tell you what that is, when that is. But after this young lady's birthday, we'll be back and... Uh, 
We'll look, to, look, I can't, I can't promise that we're going to be doing this every week. I don't know who, I mean, how we're going to try really to be care, more but, consistent, but there's you know. been a lot of changes in our life yes. and you had to go out of town and we've just been very busy, but we will see you or talk to you in the new year. I'm trying to convince him to do YouTube. So maybe we will upload these to YouTube and do video and, um, we're going to we're gonna have to talk about the YouTube thing because you're going to have to adjust some of your habits during the podcast if we're going to do YouTube. Well, yeah. And we're going to have to get an editor. I don't need an editor. Yeah, you anyway. do. You do if some this of your is a habits private, during the podcast this don't is a change. Private yeah, it doesn't really matter. You know, use your imagination. Anyway, so Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Everything. That would be holidays. Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas to everybody. We will talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Uh, so long.